0: Hey, I'm Tommy Chong. Welcome to High on Homegrown. Yes, yes, everybody, and welcome to High on Homegrown, the cannabis podcast from percysgrowroom.com in this interview we have the pleasure of speaking to another legend from the cannabis world we've spoken to many legends throughout the history of the show so far and this is the first time we have had this guest on the show and I hope it isn't going to be the last it would be great to get her back on the show again so we can talk some more but this is an interview with Mila Jansen who is also known as the Queen of Hash She's been part of the cannabis world for a very long time. She is in her late 70s now, and she's still smoking hash every day, still loves hash. And she took the time to come and chat to us for an hour or so showed us around her museum which is in amsterdam and we just had a real nice friendly conversation with the queen of hash it was a massive pleasure to finally get mila on the show and again i hope we can do it again sometime in the future but anyway i'll leave you to enjoy this interview and then i'll speak to you at the end of this make sure you roll a big fat joint hash if you have it of course and enjoy this interview and i'll speak to you in a bit enjoy So, Mila, have you um? You've always lived in Amsterdam, I assume, or no, in no, the no. Netherlands.
1: I was born in the UK.
0: Oh, really? Cool. Which in part London. of
1: the UK? Scouser. I'm a Scouser.
0: Oh, right. Liverpool can't tell by the accent.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I left when I was one year old.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: And then moved different places, and came, went to primary school in England. That's why I had to write my book in English, because by the time I was in Holland, it was high school time, and then you don't learn spelling and grammar at all. Right. so my Dutch writing is awful. <laughs> uh, but I did move here when I was around 11. Uh, cool. Apart from the 20 years spent in India, i lived here ever since.
0: Wow, 20 years in India as well. And the wow. journey there,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, Maybe 18, something like that, anyway.
0: Cool. You're very well-traveled, of course. You you are the queen of hash. You must have experienced lots of nice hashish out there in India as well.
1: Well, My first taste was here in Amsterdam in 64. Wow. Um, There was no coffee shops. There was no weed anywhere in town. And if you went uh, to the pubs close to the harbour, the sailors would have brought back hash from Lebanon or maybe um, Pakistan or other places, and you could buy it from the uh, pub owners. All right. And that was my first experience of hash. And how old were you then? I was already 20, 21, something like that.
0: Right, right. So you've seen Amsterdam change a lot you know, of all those years.
1: Yeah, in those days, I uh, started having a a boutique where people could buy mini skirts and all that kind of things. That was what was all happening then. Then we changed it into a tea house, which attracted visitors from all over the place, like people coming back from Asia, and they would be bringing some ash or even some American dropouts that would from the Vietnam War that right. would uh, come over and bring some LSD. So it was quite... Cool. A, happening little place and the cops didn't like it and I didn't like the involvement of the government on its people so (laughs) we decided to split them Malus was three at that time and we went mostly overland all the way to India and then ended up living there for a long long time
2: yeah wow
0: that's so cool so why did you move to India then that was just specifically so you could uh, be around hashish and not suffer any problems with the government
1: uh, yeah, wait, where did I leave my hashes? I'm just trying to <laughs> roll a joint. Can't
2: roll it without the hash. Yeah. You can't do an interview without
0: uh, the hash, gotta get the hash.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> no. oh, yeah, that
0: was it. What hash do you have today?
1: Uh, I have some. This piece Nicka T gave me when I was in the States. I nice. think New York, maybe. This was given by a friend of mine just yesterday. Oh, he made it himself. That's very nice. Nice. The last bit of Moroccan. <laughs> mm. Nice. And I forget whose it was, but this is from the States. This is more modern type stuff.
0: Mm-mm. so you got no are you gonna put all that together you just smoke it in one no no
1: no no i'm just gonna probably finish off the moroccan for this joint <laughs>
0: good choice good choice yeah. yeah you must get a lot of hash coming your way then
1: uh yeah yeah well especially there in the states because um uh i was at the in new york i was at the best of new york And that's a competition. A lot about hash and rosin and extracts and some weed also, but so there was a lot of nice hash going around there. Yeah,
0: nice. So you tried hash for the first time in your twenties when you were in Amsterdam, and then you moved out to India. At what point did you develop the relationship you have now with hash? Because you know you're the hash queen, and everybody knows you because of your Uh, your love of hash.
1: When I came back from India, um, the only house available in the coffee shops at that time was Moroccan. But the Moroccans learned it from the hippies. It wasn't part of their tradition. And I'd been very spoiled In when I was living in India. I smoked mainly Afghani, which mm. was always the best. So I was growing at that time that uh, I had four kids, two feet, Support, so I was growing weed at that time. So I had the material. And I'd seen in different countries in the in the further east how they made the hash, whether it was on a screen or whether it was through rubbing the buds. So when I came back here and didn't like the hash in the coffee shops, I thought let me try it myself. And I made a flat screen that I have seen in Afghanistan and used to kind of waffle the material over it, and take about 20 minutes to make one joint. (laughs) And then about a year later only, did I stand in front of my clothes dryer where the clothes tumbled, that was the connection. (laughs) Suddenly that's what I was doing with the leaves. And so I decided to turn that flat screen round And it became the pollinator. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) And it worked. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And now I could, in five minutes, make enough for 20 joints. So that's why I originally, of course, invented it just for personal use. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But it turned out it was quite popular. And, yeah. I think it it was Rob Clark that first showed it. He took away the black velvet cloth and showed it. And I think he was more aware of the fact at that, that moment that this was the very first machine that separated the crystals from the plant and that that was rather a historic moment. Mm. I wasn't even aware of it. <laughs> 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 I just enjoyed smoking ash. It <laughs> would <laughs> really, really neat to have thought of a way that you could make lots.
0: <laughs> nice. Yeah. Damn. So and people can buy the pollinator, right? Is that what you're selling there in your uh, in the warehouse? Yeah, there? yeah, yeah. We still
1: uh, have the pollinator and also the isolator bags. The first ones of which I'd sewn on my own sewing machine. Wow. Well, somebody'd come up with the idea of using water, and then you needed a bucket, and I was just trying to think how. Uh, to get the screen fixed horizontally in that bucket. And having been a tailor and having had a boutique, Mm. I thought of cloth as being the easiest way. And I stitched the first on my uh, sewing machine and tried them out and they worked too.
0: (laughs) Wow. You see Mila rolling a joint here. Nice. (laughs) Just checking out the craftsmanship on this. (laughs)
2: No. <laughs> uh, Mackie, you're all into that, that uh mechanics of joint rolling mm-hmm. i'm Big just
1: uh, pretty fast at it but uh, according to my daughter i'm in the worst joint roller considering that i've been running <laughs> how the- dare
0: she
3: <laughs> she's sometimes looks, considered the best joint roller on looks yeah. they score like a two or a three but the content we're talking nine or ten, so it doesn't really matter, does it? Mm-hmm. As long as matter, it gets
0: your eye, as long as it works, you know, it. as long as it's not falling sometimes
3: apart. A big bulge
1: sometimes they end up with a big bulge, but this one doesn't. So
0: yeah. it looks good to me. I'd smoke it, I'm not complaining. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm gonna smoke it. <laughs>
0: do it, go. do it nice. And this is the Moroccan you put in there. Boom. Well, i Shiva, indeed. Yeah. Wow, The yes, the
3: supply of the Moroccan. The other are precious.
0: Mm-mm. Look at this, delicious! I'm slightly jealous. We don't get much hash here in the UK. You know, you have to make your own. So Pretty much yeah. 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 yeah, we have a we have a few listeners who are out think, there making their own hash.
1: I think since this whole Brexit thing, our uh, shipping stuff to England has uh, mm. decreased quite a bit. Yeah, gets all these extra costs suddenly, import mm-hmm. duties, and then the whole transport costs have multiplied. Yeah. since a couple of years ago, it's like crazy.
0: Yeah, it's a damn shame. Yeah, you know, it, it's a it's a ridiculous thing, man. there's and it's not just uh like the pollinator and things. Everything that comes into it's the everything. UK gets taxed. Yeah, it, we yeah. we have difficulty getting seeds bought into the UK now, and oh, yeah, prizes for good. competitions and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's a pain. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It, it's just one of those bad decisions the collective have made, you know, <laughs> all of these people reading the wrong kind of newspapers. Yeah, and now we're all I suffering.
1: We just always vote our own government, you know. We're totally mm-hmm. to blame for the stupidity, and mm-hmm. as, far as, definitely as far as cannabis goes. <laughs> mm hmm. Mm hmm.
0: So do you smoke hash often then? I suppose you're a daily user of hash. Do you use flour at all?
1: No, well, I was? never uh, use flour if I can possibly help it.
0: Really? Wow. Oh. I
1: think okay. that was the last time I was in Argentina when we ran out of the last scrap oh. of hash, even from the grinders. <laughs> and, from the <laughs> mm-hmm. and then we were on this road, which was like 500 miles long, and there was one turn off. And we missed it. And we ended up somewhere totally in some small town nobody ever heard of. And there we got ripped off royally in the dark alley, paying too much for bad weed. It was this pressed weed from Paraguay Paraguay brick. And after one token, I couldn't even smoke. It was too bad. Wow. (laughs) But even, you know, after all, when seeing as I started in 64, and came back to Holland in 88. Uh, That's a hell of a lot of years to only be smoking hash. Mm -hmm. Coming back to Holland, suddenly the whole city was full of coffee shops with weed and everything. So I must say I tried it about four times, but decided for myself that weed wasn't it for me. Too many years of hash smoking and Mm -hmm. hash smoking. So, so
0: how about was other, that?
2: So, sorry, Monkey. No, I was going to ask, what about other types of concentrates like uh, dabs, rosin, or, or anything like that?
1: Like All that modern stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had
2: to ask, you know what I mean? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I'll do it sometimes, but I must say I prefer met old-style way, and I prefer most of all the mortar-ice uh, hash. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. I would say
1: if people want to separate the crystals and uh, their thing is really to enjoy the taste and the fragrance of uh, the hash they're making, they should use dry sift. The water ice method, I think a lot of the terpenes may be on the outside of the crystals and they get partially removed. So it has less smell and less taste, but for me it's got stronger. Um, mm. And it's a very clean high, very pure. Mm -hmm. the best of all but Mm. not always available yeah here in the coffee shops now they sell it for 120 euros per gram wow maybe I invented the isolator but I certainly can't afford to smoke (laughs) (laughs) I hear that sometimes they'll feel guilty and give me a little
0: (laughs) so they should damn Yeah. yeah 120 a gram is a bit excessive yeah they um so, do you still make your own hash?
1: No, I don't really have time. I don't grow, and uh, mm. so, and I must say, many of my friends that I used to work with and all, either they're uh, old or retired or living in some tropical island, or they're already gone beyond. So mm. now it's just all these young guys that are making it. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, them and, young guys uh, want not be after- there making it.
1: And Sorry. many of them prefer the rosin and the extracts because that's all in fashion and the fresh frozen is happening mm-hmm. thing. And um, yeah, I like the old stuff.
0: Yeah, the traditional, the traditional methods of making good hash. Yeah. Nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. Mm-hmm. And that unique flavor that hash has. You no, know, I mean you, that? What, what, that, that unique flavor that hash has. No, it just it yeah. tastes like hash, you know it what I mean? A, <laughs> yeah.
1: And it also has a certain way of getting out just in the right place, in the right spot. Mm-mm. But I uh, uh, I cut on my tobacco, so I go, uh, use maximum two grams of tobacco a day, which is two cigarettes. And out of that, I can make 10 little joints. And nice. that's enough to keep me happy from morning to night. I wake up with a joint and a coffee. And I go to sleep last with a the joint. Mm-mm. There you go. So yeah, I'm I'm not trying to cut on the hash. I'm just trying to cut on the tobacco.
0: Of course, yeah. You don't want to stop the hash. That's crazy talk. <laughs> yeah. <all>. yeah. yeah. <laughs> so when you were in India, did you learn any about any? Uh, did you learn about any of the traditional methods of making hash? Is this where you learned how to make hash? It was in India?
1: Yeah, in India in the mountains they uh, make what they call charas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they have the buds in front of them and they will just be rubbing the buds mm-hmm. and after a while their hand palms will be covered with the rosin and then they have to take it off and yeah, that's the way they make it I think probably rather an uneconomical way to make it mm. or maybe they can come back to the same buds later for a second time I don't know mm-hmm. yeah, maybe, maybe
0: is that where you first learned how to make hash? Was by making charis first?
1: That's what we, I'd seen it in Afghanistan, but I didn't do anything there. But in mm-hmm.
0: Um, mm-hmm.
1: Burnali, uh when we lived out there, yeah. And my daughter, she was very good at rubbing. <laughs> she mm. was like four years old. Making <laughs> <laughs> hash at four, okay. Child
2: labor, yeah, really? Child labor. Nice <laughs> small hands and lots of energy. You know, it
0: was it was allowed in India. It's okay, you know.
1: <laughs> They're supporting their whole family. With the labor. It's traditional. <laughs>
0: traditional. traditional. <laughs> So you left India in eighty eight, did you say, and back yeah. to Holland? Um, did, why was why did you want to leave? You just wanted to get back to the uh, to the Netherlands. I
1: got to, I got to quit, quit India. India.
0: <laughs> Sorry.
1: I'd outstayed my. Uh, oh, the visa. Day. No, no,
3: I didn't get visa.
1: So, yeah, and Gandhi got shot. Then the whole situation changed as far as visas went. And, right. And, for all the years it was enough that my children were going to an Indian school mm-hmm. to give me a visa, and then suddenly they decided no. And...
3: Also, the British never needed visas before that. That's when they started to require visas from the British. Right. Anyway, at some point, they gave me two
1: weeks to leave after four, 14 years of living there.
0: Wow, only
1: two I weeks.
0: Extended. That must have been a shock to you, just a random, did you get like a letter in the post saying you got two weeks?
1: Yeah, but I managed to extend it to the children's summer holidays, but it was about time to leave anyway. Mm
4: -hmm.
1: It turned out my son was dyslexic and I couldn't help him at the school there, so it was a good time to leave.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Straight back to Holland. And it must have been a, a, was it, well, was it a culture shock, you know, when you've gone from India and you moved back to Holland and the last time you was in Holland, it it wasn't as uh, friendly with cannabis as it was in 88. Right. So now you've got all these coffee shops and different places like that. Was it a culture shock?
1: In a way, in a way, but it also felt that, yeah, I don't know. I got quite used to it and I started growing. I found some uh, friends and we started growing and that helped a lot and, in those days, uh, I have a lot of newspaper articles still on uh, how the police were asked, saying uh, advising the government to legalize weed and all these things. But um, they didn't. We all thought it would happen around 93, 94. Well, it still never happened. It's mm-hmm. only tolerated here.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. But at least there was one place that, you know, because here in the UK, you know, we're fully illegal. So while well, we have medical, but barely. And for a long time, everybody would just go over to Amsterdam to, you know, be a tourist and go and smoke weed. So, yeah. and This yeah. was about the only place that really allowed that to happen.
1: So, yeah, and they were far in advance of most countries in the world at that time. Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. But now
1: they're just going backwards. They close coffee shops. And now they have this whole ridiculous plan that they're going to grow weed with the government, but only four different genetics. And one of them would be uh, CBD. So Mm -hmm. I don't know why they're expecting all the coffee shops to only sell those four kinds. That would be crazy. Yeah. I think it's a program doomed to fail. (laughs) <laughs> you
0: see things like this appearing in the news quite often, though, where they say they're going to stop tourists from visiting coffee shops in Amsterdam and things like that. Do you think any, anything like that is ever going to happen?
1: Well, Amsterdam has long ago decided that they prefer the tourists that come for the Rembrandts than mm. the ones who come for the coffee shops. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just i read recently that they uh, just recently outlawed cannabis consumption in the red light districts. Is that what they just did? They
1: can't a joint on the street. Uh-huh. Yeah, they made all these ads advising people not to come to Amsterdam. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: okay. We don't listen, though. <laughs> We're still coming. You know? <laughs> I love Amsterdam. I do. So. It's been many yeah. years since I've been since before the pandemic is when the last time I visited Amsterdam. So it's been many years, man. And I just okay. it's like I'm itching to just get back there and enjoy the culture of just being able to enjoy cannabis without feeling like a criminal.
1: Yeah, that is quite unique. You can just walk in any of these coffee shops and mm. have something. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We was in Barcelona recently for Spannabis. We were there for Spanabis. And, oh, yeah. you know, even though cannabis is legal over there, it's just it doesn't have the same vibe as Amsterdam does. You know, it's to be to the just go in your coffee shop and just pick up your uh, weed and your ash. Like
1: uh, I like that club's idea, though, because mm. people, friends, will arrange to meet there and then spend hours there. Mm, and uh, mm. so some beer in most clubs and snacks and,
4: mm-hmm. and Amsterdam...
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think most people just go in to buy, and some will stay and have a coffee. But it's not like friends meet and hang out there the whole afternoon. And right. The stuff's are also bigger than most of our coffee shops. Hmm. Yeah. I think would, the quality might be better.
0: The, the quality in, in Barcelona was definitely good. I think I the think uh, I, th- I think good. that was better than the the last time I was in Amsterdam. Anyway. Yeah. But. Do you have you noticed that like, there's been a, a decline in the quality of weed in Amsterdam or hash in Amsterdam?
1: I don't know.
3: Hmm.
1: I know that during the pandemic there were many problems to import it. Hmm. I think
3: it's getting a bit better again.
1: Okay. Bit I don't that it's getting a bit better
2: again. <laughs> right.
3: <laughs> As in a little bit more variety.
1: Right, right.
2: And
0: I and it's one of the reasons why I, I like to go to Amsterdam is because of the hash. Now, we can get flour here in the UK and, you know, grow my own and shit. So. But when you go to Amsterdam and you can get some of that fine hash. Mm-mm, yeah. That's yeah. some of the best hash out there. Some of that Moroccan, mm, the Moroccan black.
1: Mm.
3: But
0: here, uh, did you ever try the UK soap bar? Do you remember soap oh, bar?
1: No, I wasn't living in the UK in those days, but I heard something right. about it. Yeah.
0: i'm sure you did Sure, you did. <laughs> Like avoid this shit <laughs> you don't want
1: that
0: <laughs> no. i was just thinking maybe you, you encountered it at some point just one time
1: no yeah no, I, don't I don't think i ever did no, no. do you
0: yeah, visit the uk kind of... much so, since you left when you're few
1: years. once every Friday right, years that, maybe that's cool. Yeah. that's cool that's cool yeah. that's cool
0: it's not a bad place here it's okay but you know the cannabis laws are a bit stupid it's a shame
1: actually i'm coming this summer i'm going to cornwall
0: oh cool cool we have a Very listener nice. in cornwall he's uh, in the chat right now so how old are you now if you don't mind me asking Milo? mila you can tell me i'm not telling you if you want
1: 78,
0: <laughs> 78 wow so do you still do any growing now you grow some cannabis?
1: Uh, I don't uh, spend enough time at home. Plus, I have a mm. small garden, but the sun only comes in the midsummer around five uh-huh. o'clock in the afternoon. Mm. And the rest of the year, there's no sun in my garden.
2: Right. So not very great growing conditions. Really no. Yeah. Mm.
1: It's not really good for uh, growing anything.
0: That's
2: a shame. Yeah.
0: yeah. It would be nice to see you making your own hash and getting some of that out there into the coffee shops, so we can try some. I mm-hmm. did, I
1: did. Uh, that's how it started before the words terpenes and cannabinoids even existed. <laughs> <laughs> and we had two criteria. It was either good or bad.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. Thumbs up, thumbs down, you're done. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. None
1: of all these long explanatory chemical formulas of what's all happened to make it the way it is.
4: <laughs> mm.
3: No, but we knew that you should save it and keep it for about a year and then if you pressed it up after that... No, no I it.
1: never saved it for a year.
0: <laughs> it's too long. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: it, yeah, it's difficult to keep it for so long, especially when it's so high quality. You wake up in the morning you're like, I'll oh, just have a little bit of it. <laughs> <laughs> a
2: little bit more.
0: Just, just a little bit. Just a little yeah. bit.
3: No, not if there's something else. If you're saving it, you put it away. It's not exactly part of what that <laughs> three
1: months is long enough to put it away. You don't have to put it away for a year. You no, know,
3: mm-hmm. but that point we were experimenting at different times and different.
0: Yeah. Long, huh? So, what would your advice be then, Milo, for uh, anybody who is looking to make their own hashish? What What would you say was the best technique? for them to make high-quality hash?
1: Uh, the first most important thing is the genetics. Mm. You could maybe be a great hash maker, but if your genetics aren't much good, then the product is not going to be much good. Mm. And if you don't have much knowledge about or can't get many different genetics, just try making it from your favorite weed. Because mm. if it's your favorite weed, you will probably also very much like that hash. Mm. And then you make the decision whether you like the taste and the smell, whether they're very important, then make it with a dry sift. and if just the high is important, then you can make it with water and ice.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And then you can look on pollinator data now and you'll see the different products, <laughs> and you can order them. <laughs>
0: Do it. Even in the UK, man, it's worth paying that extra price for the tax coming in and shit to get the high-quality products, man. you got to check that out for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, some products still make it over, but mostly you yeah, to private people who just want the machine for themselves.
0: hmm hmm But what Micron, uh like, because, you know, when you're using bubble bags and, gauzes and and meshes, filters. What kind of micron would you recommend somebody uses for the best ash? uh,
1: you're lucky enough that you have very big crystals, they will get caught in the 90 micron. Otherwise, I would say the 70 micron is probably the best. The thing is that um, for me, the bigger crystals contain more oil. If you make mm-hmm. a little drawing of lots of little circles and then a, next to it, bigger circles, and you consider that each uh, trichome is encapsulated with a very thin layer of cellulose. So the little trichomes will have in a rel- rel- relatively less oil. The big trichomes will have relatively more oil. So they're for me the best.
0: Mm-hmm. They wouldn't mm-hmm.
1: get you high
0: mm-hmm Mm-mm. Yeah. sounds delicious man i love hash too much you know yeah. <laughs> not as much as you though me like you know <laughs> you're the hash queen <laughs> so you obviously <laughs> had a good uh, good relationship that with.
1: An, that was the idea of the high time so one time they mm. did an interview with me and, da, 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 and then i see the magazine and the whole top of the half of the page just says hash queen so they started all this
0: (laughs) nice well how long ago was that
1: oh probably 2010
0: maybe so not not too long ago
1: maybe yeah something like that Mm -hmm.
0: yeah so how is the hash are you feeling good and high from the do do you get high much you're a a hardcore stoner if for lack of a better term
1: i think probably all the time a bit
3: <laughs> we'll keep having to... to make more joints to maintain that level. Yeah.
0: hmm You're rolling another?
3: Of course. Yeah.
0: Yes. It's That's what, what I like do. to see. Indeed.
1: Well, because now I'm just sitting chatting. Like this morning I was out in the garden watering my roses and whatnot. And uh yeah, then I don't smoke so much. But if <laughs> I'm just sitting down chatting, then it's very easy.
0: So it's our fault? Is that hundred percent. We're we're willing to take that blame. But, uh, <laughs> what's the weather like in Amsterdam right now? Because it's been real warm here in the UK. We're hitting uh we're on twenty-eight degrees right now where I am.
1: Oh yeah, this morning it was twenty-six here, but yesterday and the day before, it went up to thirty-one on my veranda. Ooh. Ooh. Yes. Sounds like what I'm dealing with down here. But I thought on the news this morning, it said you guys were having thunderstorms.
0: Yeah, we had a few thunderstorms over the last few days. Yeah, I was caught out in one of them when I was walking the dogs. Uh And Uh I got drenched. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, but it it was fun. It was fun. It doesn't happen every day. So Uh you've got to enjoy those experiences. Uh, I hope it doesn't keep carrying on. It's
1: not uh, cold, the rain anyway.
0: No, it, it was heavy rain, like big drops just hitting me, pow, pow, pow. But it wasn't it's cold. Sticky yeah. drops, yeah, yeah. God damn, it was fun though. It was entertaining. But man, I'd love to be in Amsterdam right now with that lovely weather. I'm gonna look at plane tickets. I am. I have
2: to it's go a, back. It's a long swim or a short flight, Mackie.
0: Mm-hmm. Only only forty five minutes for
2: me.
1: Mm-hmm. It's not even that oh, far. I'm
0: yeah, just get into the ship hole, ship on the train, you know, onto the damn rack, and you're there.
1: I tried to get a train ticket to go to Cornwall, but they're blocking all these international trains coming to Amsterdam. I don't know what's going on. Oh,
0: yeah, I saw something about that,
1: yeah. I'll have to uh, look deeper into the matter. <laughs> Do
0: you not like to fly, then?
1: Not if I can help it. I already fly more than I'd like to, anyway.
0: Hmm, hmm.
1: So when I can, like to Berlin next week, we're also going on the train.
0: Wow, so you travel quite a lot then. Yeah. Yeah, so Berlin like next week.
1: To train. You know, and then in the airport, you've got to be there two or three hours early mm. to get to the airport. I think in the long run, it probably doesn't make a much difference time-wise.
0: Mm-hmm,
4: mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I considered getting on the train when I went to Barcelona and it, it oh, took know. like 17 hours though
1: yeah and could you get a direct train because i had to deal with the dutch train people the french train people and then mm. the spanish train people oh yeah yeah, that was so complicated yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i don't think i could get a direct one i would have to get off in numerous different places and yeah yeah, and yeah keep yeah, changing yeah. trains
1: yeah yes yeah, so uh, the, the plane probably, just is easier I promise next year there's going to be a night sleeper going straight down to Barcelona. Well, that'd be cool. Yes, that would be very cool.
0: Yeah, that's that's my kind of traveling. You just get on the vehicle, fall asleep, wake up and you're there. That's perfect. Yeah, man, I'd love to get a train to Amsterdam. I got a coach back from Amsterdam once. Like back it's to the UK.
1: To the whole time,
0: yeah, it was a uh, it was a mistake with the booking of the tickets. Uh, I booked plane tickets a day later than the rest of my friends without realizing. So oh, I came really? back on the, instead of being in Amsterdam for twenty four hours by myself, I decided to get the the coach back. And it was good fun. It was good fun. It was long though. <laughs> Traveled through yeah. Belgium into France. It was good fun. I remember smoking the S five haze on the uh on the back of the ferry on the way over. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> Good
0: times. Amsterdam's just a beautiful place, man. I can see why you, you went back there.
1: Well, now I also go back here because all oh, my kids live around here, even if they don't actually live in Amsterdam. They do live in Holland somewhere. Right.
0: Cool. Ooh. And it's something I've done as well. I've never visited other parts of Amsterdam. Well, other parts of the Netherlands have just always gone to Amsterdam. I and mean, I've never been to Rotterdam. But I'd like to go there. Apparently it's a real nice
1: place. Well, they like to think so, but don't ask us <laughs> you, know, you drive from here to Rotterdam, you will not find a roadside saying that this road will go to Rotterdam. They will mention Leiden and other cities in the neighborhood, but they will not say Rotterdam. Same if from Rotterdam, you'll not find a sign going to Amsterdam.
0: Oh well. Wow. So there's some some rivalry between the two cities.
1: Oh yeah, man! They used to uh, for football matches. They've committed murders.
0: Oh wow, yeah. that's crazy! Yeah. wow, man.
1: Well, that was quite some years ago, but still. Hmm.
0: Hmm. Yeah, football hooligans are a bit crazy. Yeah. We're just gonna watch this process of you uh making another joint there, and <laughs> making us all jealous. We we don't have. Well, I don't have any hash monkey. Do
2: you have a hash monkey? Uh, yeah I do actually but not not here on the table but I do have it it's in the back I put it away <laughs> <laughs> nice
0: look at this Mm-mm-mm. and which hash is this one was it is it the Moroccan
1: again no no this is this one that came from the states
0: all right do you prefer the states hash is there a difference can you tell
1: oh it, 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 it acts differently
0: hmm yeah, it has a different effect on you.
1: No, different. the effect is more or less the same. Hmm. It's just a different way of getting there or something. I
0: don't
1: know. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Look at this now. Look at this. Yeah. Piecing it together.
0: Yeah, excuse us while we go quiet here for a second, everybody. As we watching. We're studying <laughs> the technique. <laughs>
2: Look can at this, delicious. It?
0: Yeah, we can see it. Thank you for moving the camera for us. That, oh, yeah. that was awesome. See it real good. No, no pressure now, Mila. No pressure. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> All
2: right, here goes the crutch. Mm-mm. All right, big Mackie,
0: well. mm-hmm. before or after she rolls it? Come on. Before? Look, look she's doing it correctly. Look at this.
2: Uh, okay, there you go. <laughs>
0: You see these people, but they put their filter in, you know, these people put their filter in before rolling. I mean, after rolling, I'm a filter before, you know, because that offers the stability to the joint.
1: I'm uh, learning to put it in before. Up to a few months ago, I was always putting it in after.
0: Oh, right. Why the change?
3: Because it can be quite difficult to put it in after sometimes that's Especially what i'm saying paper is not regular and mm-hmm. roll and to get it inside there can be very tricky
1: yes mm-hmm.
3: involving pens and other objects to try and open and <laughs> mm-hmm. incredible loss yeah. of time <laughs>
0: that's right man you should go in you know before you roll it and, and then you roll and use that as the, the stable crutch to make a nice fine joint that's right there you go oh, filter first I everybody do.
3: Well, look at and this you have a permanent filter i have cool. a mama one and oh, I cool. it every time, and i put it in before because it's in there are oh, you smoking
0: great. hash there as well
3: yeah
0: nice that's cool
3: i also only smoke hash
0: <laughs> the hash princess over there <laughs> yeah. apple didn't fall too far from the tree <laughs> That's awesome, man. You're sitting there smoking hash I mean, for your I'm mother. Right here. Can you imagine? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Look at that delicious, delicious joint now. Mm-mm-mm. Man, just to be in Amsterdam right now, you know how lucky you are sitting in Amsterdam smoking hash in, these, in this lovely weather we have?
1: I must say, these last few years, actually, I've been very fortunate with my life. Mm. And then I get invited to places, and everybody's all over me wanting me to try their best hash. <laughs> <laughs> so, what is I mean, the best hash? These I mean, try? that produce uh, help a lot. They get me moving to all these countries, and then they have hash competitions.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, what is some? What is the most memorable hash you've had?
1: Well, this is the best one. Because all the other ones are either in this cloud in the past or in this cloud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was born in the age of live here now, be here now. So mm-hmm. this is the best one. But I can tell you about the most memorable one. I was up when we lived in Kulu. We used to live down by the river in where the sadhus lived in their kind of temple. Wow. Dillums before breakfast with a chai. <laughs> And then one day they decided to take us up in the mountains and show their favorite plants because all these huge green plants growing in the bottom of the valley around the farms and everything, they didn't think much of them. So up and up and up and up, hours of up and up and up, and we get nearly to the tree line. And then there's this kind of dell, you know, like a a little hollow in the side of the mountain. Mm -hmm. Uh, In the wintertime, when the whole mountain covered with snow, that dell was filled with snow. Then the snow melted, and the marijuana plants that had grown there the year before survived, and they started sprouting again. And they made crazy little branches going in all directions, and their buds were no bigger than that. But with these sadhus, we rubbed these buds, and then... Turn them into a chillum immediately and smoked it all together. Now is the most magical time I ever smoked. Walking down that mountain, the sounds of the little stream were like um, as if you were an acid. The colors were like brilliantly colored and mm-hmm. everything was just a different uh, space altogether. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it that sounds very true. smoke. Yeah. Yeah, that's so cool, man. It's like from the origins as well. Yeah. Way up up there in the Himalaya. Yeah. Wow. That's very cool, man. I'd love to do something like that. I've never had the privilege of visiting India and going up in the mountain to see where all the cannabis is.
1: Yeah. It's a lot. Some valleys you walk through, and there are valleys that are hardly on any cannabis map, but the whole valley is full of it.
0: (laughs) Hmm. What's the legal status of cannabis in India?
1: I'm not quite sure. Maybe Malusna knows better. She lived there more recently than me.
3: Hmm. It's still fully illegal, but they've, wow. uh, I think they're up to four, uh, maybe seven states now that have started with medical. But what they're really working on is for export, import, this kind of thing, to sell it hmm. to people.
2: That's what mm-hmm. Thailand wanted to do as well, yeah.
3: Yeah. But it's very slow. Himachal isn't one of them yet, surprisingly. Himachal is where Kulu Manali is inside of. Um, but there, yeah. there is work on that, obviously. I think all around the world where everybody, there's somebody working on it. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's crazy huh? because hash and well, cannabis in general is just a big part of India's culture.
3: Yeah, and you'll still get um, for certain festivals everybody will be drinking bong, um, mm. which is basically also another derivative of the plant. You make like a, a drinkable edible.
1: <laughs> <Okay>.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's what you'd consider it now.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Man, there must be a they must mash you up very much, you know. <laughs> the edibles hit me very hard. So if I if I drank, like uh, yeah. uh, you know, I drank drink, an edible,
1: you drink it lying on the beach under a coconut tree, so no, you're but,
3: okay for the
1: next few hours.
3: <laughs> but this is something that is drunk all over India, like yeah. mm-hmm. everybody, like all sorts of people. Not yeah, first. just on that one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a it's a one time. Where there is no question of well, way did you get that or this mm-hmm. kind of thing. Also, sadhus, of course, have different privileges, mm-hmm. as in they're going to have it on them and they're not going to get in trouble over it. Mm-hmm. In the Kumbh Mela, in the mela, there's lots of it around.
4: They yeah, don't go but... around
3: busting people then either.
0: So you're heading to Berlin, you say, next week, Mila? Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, Berlin. There's an expo, Mary Jane Berlin, that we're just going to go visit. Cool. So the full moon session. Nice. Last year that was in Madrid. Madrid. That was quite uh, very nice actually.
4: Next
3: year we're going for Bangkok.
0: Uh, So next year. Cool. So what do you think about the the legal changes coming in Germany soon? Do you keep Uh, your eye uh, keeping uh, on the changes?
3: Sorry,
0: legal changes were? So, the legal changes, have you been keeping on the legal changes that are like going on in Germany? What do you think is going to happen in the future?
1: I think they're going to be legalizing it there before they do in Holland, by the looks of it. Really? I don't know when it's going to happen, but they're quite seriously talking about it.
2: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. We'll know more next week after we, or the week after, when we come back from Berlin. <laughs> Well, all the ins and outs.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, for sure, that would be a good thing to see Germany changing because if Germany, you know, makes that move, then the rest of Europe should follow pretty soon after. It should Except for the UK, because you know, we like to shoot ourselves well, in the foot very often.
3: All sheep, we're waiting for that first one to cross over the dam. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
3: If it doesn't drown on the way, we'll follow.
0: Well, it's the? There's like why is it? It's not the um. Why is it NATO? It's not NATO. It's the uh, World Health Organization, maybe who has that treaty in place to make sure no place recreationally legalizes cannabis because that would be the UN. The treaty. That's a UN. The UN. Treaty. Yeah, the the UN. That's the one. Uh, 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 it's one of them. So lots of places don't legalize recreation recreationally because of that rule. We just need the one person know, to break it.
3: I thought there were several states that were talking about that. No.
0: Yeah, yeah, and uh, and Canada as well as legalized the, against the treaty. So yeah. it should it should be changed sometime soon.
3: Yeah.
2: That's okay. UN has issued uh, warnings to Canada, United States, and Uruguay. But of course, it's just a warning. That's all it is. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm.
3: And in Uruguay, it's not quite recreational. No. No. No, it's certainly not legal.
1: We- I was supposedly the fir- first country was legalized, but then last year, sometime or other, they got a new government, they picked another government, and that government didn't agree at all with legalizing it. So, mm. we came there uh, to go visit one of my best friends in jail, and in the meantime, they got quite a number of those guys in jail now. Damn. So, uh, that's really that was one
3: of the organizers of the Dabadoo that she was there for, yeah. And by now there were three organizers two of them are in jail and one of them is on the run yeah. that's uruguay News.
0: that's sad isn't it so, yeah. uh, have you any ever encountered any trouble with the authorities mila uh, been arrested no. No, no. no. so you've been reasonably lucky then
1: yeah there was one case at one time they wanted to um Forbid uh, my shop because I was gonna I was supposedly a grow shop, but I don't have lamps or nutrients or anything like that. Mm. So in the end, um, I was allowed to continue. So that was okay. We had to change our bank last year, our other bank of 24 years, suddenly chucked us out.
0: <laughs> Damn. Yeah stupid all these hoops we have to jump through through as cannabis-related companies.
1: Yeah. Yeah, And that was just because possibly some of my machines had been used to make uh, hash for the local coffee shops. And I said, I can't uh, deny that that's a possibility. But I said it's tolerated to sell hash in the coffee shops. And 98% of the hash gets illegally imported. So you Mm. should be glad that... uh, we're doing something about local production, but mm-hmm. they never replied to that letter, and they just threw us out Yeah,
0: Damn. Doesn't Craziness, man. No, it doesn't. It's, it's a damn shame. You just yep. think of what we could have achieved as a community if we didn't have all these regulations against us.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to find a cop, one cop in Amsterdam that's going to want to give tickets to people smoking in the center of town, I don't think the cops are so eager to get involved.
0: <laughs> but What do you mean? that they want to see it legalized?
1: I don't know if so... they completely want to see it legalized, but they feel they have more important things to do than
0: mm-hmm.
1: to hand out tickets to possible smokers. I mean, they don't hand out tickets if you drive without a light at night. They also mm. don't hand out tickets.
2: They'll Crazy. find a way to harass the weed smokers one way or another. They'll get them. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Unfortunate.
0: Uh, so is this what you do on most days when you're in Amsterdam? No, me uh You're in, in the warehouse, smoking the hash. i take that as a yes, right? <laughs>
1: Four afternoons a week, I'm here from two to six. There you awesome. Go. Yeah, but I also... Uh, check the bank and then keep all that uh, so that keeps happening okay and Mm. and sometimes i help downstairs just depends and we Mm -hmm. created this whole uh, museum during uh, the pandemic because there was nothing else to do
0: (laughs) it's very nice though indeed we had a quick tour there yeah. Had a look around. There's so many souvenirs and you know keepsakes and bits of memorabilia.
1: Well, that Very was cool. a great thing because they're all stashed in my house, in my cellar, everywhere, all over the place. And suddenly mm-hmm. there was a spot to bring everything. <laughs> <We had laughs> That's a what you really needed. From the Hemp Hotel, I was in my cellar for years. And uh, all stuff like that, yeah.
0: Now you got a basement to grow some weed in. Wink, wink. Yeah, you
1: know? <laughs> made some space. <laughs> yeah. yeah, now all that stuff is here.
0: It must be nice to see it out all in the open instead of like in boxes. Yeah, mm. Yeah, so do you think about retirement, or is this your retirement? Just uh, relaxing, travel around, visit these well, different places. For my
1: retirement, actually, I would love to build a ham bungalow, but there is nice. many complications to build a ham bungalow in Holland. You always have to do with uh, a community in the neighborhood and they can decide whether you can build a hemp bungalow or they can say, no, no, it has to be made of bricks and it needs a pointy roof. Well, so (laughs) then I don't want to build a brick building with a pointy roof.
0: Yeah, I want to build a hemp building.
1: I want to build a (laughs) hemp bungalow, just one floor. At my age, I don't need stairs to go up to anywhere. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Will they settle for like a cone-shaped roof?
1: (laughs) Well, no, actually, now the newest possibility is that my son bought a place and he's got a garage in his garden and he's willing to tear down the garage and build like a guest accommodation. Cool. And if I push him, he'll probably say, okay, we can build it of hemp.
0: It's uh, definitely taken off. Lots of people are um, talking about the hempcrete. You see those yeah, bricks? Perfect use. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's
1: perfect.
0: It's very cool.
1: So long as you have a good fundament, then uh, you yeah. can just glue it together. And you mm-hmm. want a round window, you just saw a circle.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, we know you're very busy. and I'm sure you want to be rolling your next joint.
1: It was very nice talking to you
0: guys. Oh, and you too, man. We'd love, to have you, we'd love to have you back sometime. You know, whenever you have some stuff to tell us about, you know, then feel okay. free to get in touch and get up on the show. And when you head over to Cornwall as well, make sure you get in touch and we can get your uh, meeting up okay. with our friend here. I'll
1: let you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Nice. It's been a pleasure to the, the Queen and the Princess of Hash. Thank You're you for princess, being here yeah. for a couple of hours. <laughs> and thanks for showing great, us around man. the museum as well. That was, That was awesome, man you yeah, enjoy
1: inviting us oh anytime
2: anytime
0: yeah,
1: yeah. yes thank yes. you so
2: much mm-hmm. okay.
0: well. we'll let you go bye-bye All take care right. now Love stay you high
2: both. bye see yes. you later stay bye
0: And there we go, everybody. Another interview done with another cannabis legend. Now, we've interviewed so many people on the show in the past. If you haven't seen, then you can head over to highonhomegrown.com slash interviews and you'll be able to see all of the interviews that we've done in the past. And there's very few people I can think of who haven't been on the show yet. So this is where you come in. Do you know somebody, a cannabis legend, who hasn't been on our show yet that you think we should get in touch with to try and organize an interview? If you do know of somebody, then please let us know. Just get in touch with me. You can email me personally at mackie at highonhomegrown.com. With any suggestions for interviews, you can find me over on our Discord server, which is linked in the description of this download. You can message me on Growroom.com if you're a member of the forum uh there's loads of different ways to get in touch so if you do have any suggestions for anybody you would like to hear on the show get in touch it will be great to hear from you and we would like your suggestions and feedback on whichever guests you think we should get on in the future but anyway i hope you enjoyed this interview and thank you again to mila for coming to join us it was a great chat and i hope we can do it again sometime in the future so anyway everybody have a good weekend stay high stay safe and we're back on sunday with the live show and back to the normal schedule from monday for the cannabis news and events interview on wednesday and grow guides on friday So we'll hopefully see you there on Sunday, youtube.com slash high and homegrown for the live show. Stay high and stay safe. We'll see you then, everybody. Goodbye.